The Spirit wants to bear fruit in the Christian. That's our subject today here on the Radio Bible Course, and we're happy that you tuned in. We're studying Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 22. It reads, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such there is no law. These are things that the Spirit wants to produce in the Christian because he wants the believer to be like Christ. And every word in this list is a Christ characteristic. Faithfulness, goodness, gentleness. Read the life of Jesus Christ in the Gospels and you will see all of these virtues in his life. If we keep in mind that Jesus was completely pleasing to the Father because he submitted to the Father's will and did everything that the Father wanted him to be, and these virtues were in his life, how much then will we please God if these virtues are in our lives? But as we pointed out in our previous program when we discussed the first word, love, these are not virtues that you grit your teeth and get determined about and decide that you are going to accomplish these. It doesn't say this is the work of the Christian. It says this is the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, there is to be a submission by the Christian to the Spirit who is living in him, and that Spirit was sent to replace Jesus Christ. Now, we go back all the way to the day before the cross when Jesus announced to his disciples that he was leaving them, but he would pray to the Father and he would send the Spirit who would take his place and that Spirit would be their counselor. Now, everyone since that day when Jesus Christ arose and the Spirit was sent at Pentecost, everyone who believes in Jesus Christ receives this Spirit. And we need to consider, since the Spirit lives in me as a Christian, should he not counsel me as a Christian, as Jesus would have counseled me if he were here? Of course. And he wants to counsel me so that I will have the same fruit, the same virtues that Jesus had. This list then, verses 22 and 23 of Galatians 5, is a description of the life of Jesus Christ. If we look at it that way, then perhaps it will serve as instruction or perhaps a model for what we ought to be as Christians. Will anyone be able to find fault with me if I have all these virtues in my life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, no one will be able to find fault with me. I would be beyond criticism in these matters. And no wonder, Paul adds at the end of verse 23, against such there is no law. Now, there are many things that people do against which there was a law. And those Jewish teachers were imposing many prohibitions on these Galatian Christians, they could say there is a law against this or a law against that. And they thought 
they were making people to be more godly. But Paul here presents the fruit of the Spirit as a way of being completely godly and exactly like Jesus Christ was, and it, there is no law against anything here. Is there a reason for the first in this list being love? I think so, and as we consider joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so forth, I think we'll realize that if a person doesn't have love, love one for another in the brotherhood, he probably will not have these other virtues listed here. So I'm happy that love is at the head of the list. It's the most important. It is the new commandment which Jesus gave to his believers. And he said, the world will know that you are my believers or my disciples if you have love one for another. Which kind of love? Not talking love, but proving love. The love that shows, the love that demonstrates. It's like the love of God. God showed that he loved us. He sent his Son. That's the proof. And you will demonstrate that you love someone by doing good for them. Now, if you have no patience with another Christian, you're not loving him. If you do not have any goodness in your life toward other people, then you are not loving them. If you rough people up when uh, they step out of line, instead of being gentle, that's pretty good evidence that you don't have love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, we talked about that in our last session, so we're going to move on today to joy. What is joy? It's the second in the list. It is a delight in God because the Christian has been accepted completely by God through faith in his Son. Now, there's a difference between joy and happiness. You can be happy at a party, and it has nothing to do with your spiritual life at all. The joyful person does not try to act happy because joy is inward, and its basis is the believer's trust in God. There is a whelming up within the believer that great confidence and satisfaction that God has accepted him. And joy comes from that. Joy is inward. This is why a believer can suffer loss, pain, and disappointment, and still have joy. He may not be happy, but he'll have joy. It's spiritual joy. He may not be outwardly happy, but he can have joy when he considers who he is, who is he? He's a child of God, and he's awaiting the coming of Jesus Christ and his inheritance. So he suffers loss down here temporarily, but the inheritance is his. It has been promised. That's something to be joyful about. Now, we need to keep in mind that God does not promise us prosperity, good health, and the approval of the world. He told the apostles, that they would be hated and persecuted. He said, if they have persecuted me, they'll persecute you. If they have hated me, they will hate you. If you have thought that you as a Christian should try to avoid the uh, abuse of the world and the disapproval of the world, 
then you haven't understood that Jesus has called us to follow him, and the way the world treated him is the way the world will treat those who are true believers in Jesus Christ. Don't try to escape it. Now, you can escape the condemnation of the world by hiding your faith, by refusing to speak up about what you believe and the person in whom you believe. You'll get disapproval from the world if you say you believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and if you say Jesus believed it, and if you say Jesus believed that a fish swallowed a prophet in the Old Testament, oh, you'll get all kinds of flack from the world. Are you trying to avoid that kind of disapproval, or do you want the world's approval? James said that if you are friends with the world, then you are at enmity with God. Listen to how James puts it in chapter 4 in the New American Standard Version. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Those believers in the first century understood that persecution would come, and they were not too surprised when it did come. When the ruling council of Israel brought in the apostles, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and then released them. What did the apostles think of that? Well, that answer is given in Acts chapter 5, verse 41. It says, So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. And every day in the temple, and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Acts 5.41 causes us to conclude that they considered it a blessing to suffer shame for his name. And they viewed it this way, God must count us worthy, because he has let us share in the sufferings that are associated with Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, not many people today would look at it that way. There are some people who say, if you are suffering, then God must be punishing you. Well, according to this passage, God was blessing them by allowing them to suffer. Circumstances, you see, do not annul inward joy which the Spirit gives. Now we move on to the next, and that's peace. What is peace? The Bible talks a great deal about peace. Jesus spoke about it during his time on the earth in his ministry. He said, Peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Peace is that tranquility of mind based on the assurance of being right with God. It is spiritual rest. And no wonder Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5 verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, faith brings peace with God, but I don't think that's what Paul is talking about here. He can't be talking about that because he's talking to Christians here who already have peace with God, but now he is teaching that the fruit of the Spirit is having the peace of God. 
There's a difference. Before we believe, we are at enmity with God. After we believe, we are his children, and he wants us to have his peace. Now, peace has a practical side, as seen in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Paul writes, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Notice, when a person is troubled, he is counseled not to be anxious about it, but he should do something about it instead. He should pray and give thanksgiving for whatever that problem is. He makes his request known to God, but he must give thanks. And I personally believe that he will not get the peace of God until he comes to the place where he can give thanks for what has happened. Oh, it's difficult to give thanks when you've broken your leg. Well, you don't give thanks for that. You give thanks for the fact that you didn't break both legs. Keep in mind that in every accident, every tragedy, it could have been worse. And God loves thankful people. Look for the good in every disaster and give God thanks. And when you do, the peace of God, Paul writes, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Have you heard of our free booklets entitled Grace and Heaven's Password? Write for your copy today. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.